Okay, guys. Here's what happened. Neil and I recorded a fantastic episode. We talked for two hours. We, we, was, we were so confident in the content of this episode that we were like, let's do this as a two-parter. It was going to be two weeks, two different episodes. It, it was going to be glorious. However, at the end of the recording, I realized that um, the entire time I was recording on my laptop stock microphone, which is like three feet away from me. So I've edited it the best that I can. It still sounds terrible. It sounds really, really bad. Uh, and so I'm putting in this little disclaimer. Let you guys know it sounds bad. We're trimming this down to uh, one episode rather than making it two episodes. Um, a couple of things about the episode, just so you guys know what you're getting into. We're talking V for Vendetta. Spoilers, but the movie was made in 2006. So if you haven't seen it by then, I don't think we're, we're hurting anybody's feeling by making spoilers. Um, also, uh, we talk, we talk politics, obviously the election was a big thing, uh, this week and, uh, it's still kind of a big thing and Nevada's kind of a big thing and all of that. And so we talk that and, um, just as the political discla disclaimer, Neil and I don't fit into the, uh, compartment of either liberal or, uh, conservative. So, um, if you, if you feel like, uh, <laughs> we're not speaking your language and you're a liberal or conservative or you identify as one of those things. Um, that's because we don't we don't identify as either of those things. So um, yeah, please don't hate us too much, guys, and uh, uh, please don't hate the sound too much. And uh, I know I I need to be punished. This is this is terrible. Uh, so I guess there's nothing left but to uh, um, take take her out behind the chemical shed and shoot her. I like the can. Is the is that the big boy can? Yeah, it's sure. A bigger is. boy. I've <laughs> never seen a 32 ounce can, guy. but here, wait. Wait a second, I'm working on it. Oh! <laughs> That's our ASMR right there. Dude, I think this thing's made of steel, not aluminum. <laughs> I told Lisa I was only going to drink one beer tonight. <laughs> Just the big one. Where the heck did you get that thing? I saw it at the Chevron station. I'm like Durango in Sunset. Mm -hmm. I was doing a drop-off. And I wanted to buy... I, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like addicted to Cherry Coke now. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's probably not good for a fat guy. But... <laughs> Like, I love the 16-ounce cans mm -hmm. that you can get. Like, and I think you can only buy them at, like, 7-Elevens and stuff. But I there's something, because I've been drink I drank them out of bottles forever, you know, with the plastic bottle and the and the cherry van or the vanilla Coke or the cherry Coke or something. But there's something about the can that I feel is, like, extra cold or, or like, extra fizzy or something. You know, we, and, for some weird reason right now, we have a lot of cherry Coke at the parish. Oh, well, if you need to get rid of it, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> so you're 32 ounces. I got my, uh, um, this is, take a look at this. I don't know if you can see that. Squatters. Have you had Squatters. Squatters before? This is Hell's oh. Keep, their Belgian-style golden ale. It's a, uh, um... I do like golden ales. I ah, know, this, this is so smooth, too. Like, I thought Belgian-style, I thought it was going to be really heavy. Uh, mm. but it's not at all. And look, it's, it's, it's at 7.75%, you can't really see that. Which was pretty, pretty deep for, uh... For a golden ale. 
No, those, they those, they got those golden nails that are that are sneaky. Yeah, like uh, who is it that? Isn't there like a golden dragon or golden monkey or something that? That's impossible. But the problem is, if you drink like two or three, you you're like, hey, <laughs> something about my teeth. Can't feel them. Yeah, that's that's what I think is here. And um, what I what I thought was cool about this one is it's a uh, um, it's a brewery out of Salt Lake. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. So they opened up in eighty. I know they opened up in eighty nine, and um, uh, their whole thing is. Um, Sustainable and renewable uh, ingredients, so they'll only use uh, and local. So they'll only use they'll only use local stuff in there that's sustainable and renewable. Uh, and so they don't distribute to a lot of states. Hey, hippie! I know. <laughs> they don't distribute to a lot of states because of that, though. But um, they do have them here. This waters. All right. Other news. Um, that poster from Trick or Treat, the the, the Among Wolves poster. I still don't know who made it. Oh really? Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, check out our Insta Insta and your Facebook and and there's a poster of David and I <laughs> that they took po- pictures. I think that picture of me is Gemma's baptism. I'm not is that sure Gemma's baptism? All right. For people that are listening, the story behind this uh, this poster is I was running the the trick or treat event over at the church, and then at, at clean up and all that stuff, I head into the office, and on my chair in the office there is a plastic uh, bag from. Office Depot. I'm like, what? Who's putting a plastic bag in Office Depot? You know what I thought it was? I thought it was going to be posters for the uh, Bassin Conference. Oh, okay. Like to like to put, to put up for the ten people that go to church. <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, yeah, are these posters for the Bassin Conference? And I opened it up. I'm like, oh, somebody made Among Wolves posters, and somebody that was at the trick or treat was able to get into the office and put them on my chair. <laughs> yeah, I know. Huh. And I, I don't know if you can see it on the picture, but it's like it's metallic-y. So, like, all the silver or the uh, um, lighter colors, uh, they kind of flash in iridescently whenever you kind of tilt it against the light and stuff like that. Like one of the cool, uh, um, uh, back in the day, there was the, uh, the metallic X-Men cards or whatever. You remember those? Oh, yeah. The, 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 you're talking about the hologram ones? Yes. It was, it's kind of like that. Not as cool, but it's still pretty cool. There were those, and then there was, like, the, then there's, like, the rainbowy ones that you can... Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's a picture of us. Like, oh, it is. Dang, bam, right there. That's the one. Yep, that's the one that got yep. on the, that I got on the poster. Yeah. See so. if you see, I got a candle in my hand, Godfather yep. style. So anybody who, uh, so whoever's, uh, whoever's, take a look at that. Here's your shout out. We wish we could give you a shout out as uh, your actual name, but uh, we thank you for the poster. Pretty awesome. I'm gonna get a frame and hang it up here. And you- in the studio, one of them here, and then maybe we we'll get one, uh, get the other one over to you, Neil, and you can hang up there or something. All right, so what are we talking about today? Well, what's it called? Today, um, you won't know this, but today we are recording on the 5th of November. Uh, remember, remember the 5th of November. But I'd also like to put a little smidget in uh, time capsuling right now. And uh, just to let you know that we uh, this week we did have a presidential election, and we still don't know who the president is. Why's that? And because people people like to take time and count and vote. I don't know, <laughs> and I don't know. And just to let you know that we are broadcasting from the studios of Nev- in Nevada, <laughs> the state that everybody wants to make fun of right now. Right now, everybody's mad at Nevada because we've taken so long to count these votes. Because nobody cares about the other ones as much. Right. Because, because 
I think it's Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia at this time are still Trump in front. Right. So the like the whole world is sitting there watching Nevada because we have Biden in front and we are six points and Biden six points away. So if we go Biden, it's over and everybody goes, <laughs> <laughs> or they go, Err. Right, but but the fact is, most I think most everybody's gonna be like, Oh, it's over. I know. <laughs> like finally. Where's the SNL skit for all this? Yeah, but I mean, gee, private. Yeah. But it's funny, that is exactly six points that we need yep. to hit. Yep, we are, so, the, we are the state. And we are six points, so, you know. If Biden can flip any of the other ones, then it's over, too. But, <laughs> boy, wouldn't it be cool. I, I think it'd be more cool, more cool, more cool, cool, just as cool, cooler. I think it'd be really cool if Biden hits 270 on the nose, and then it's like, yep, this is the tightest electoral... Right. election right. you could ever get. Yeah, because that's what I, when I was looking at that, I'm like, this is going to be crazy close. Um, yeah, we saw, I saw some posts, the meme, you know, the election's been a hot mess, but the meme game has been great. Like, it's, oh. it's been fun to go on social media and just see this, all the memes. This is the most creative I've ever seen people in the world. <laughs> and it's bringing us together. We're not, we're not yelling each other about who voted for who. We're just meaning everything right now. And it's like, boy, Nevada, you suck. <laughs> exactly. So there's all these posts about Nevada taking their time or being like late to the party or doing something. Or there's posts of us going, oh, now you want to be my friend, you MFers. <laughs> I'm not so stupid now. Oh. Uh, have you seen this? Uh, um, it's It started going around on TikTok of this guy... Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. I'm probably not. It's Yatit, Yatite, yeah, something like that. This guy, Yatite, he he's literally just singing numbers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. <laughs> yeah, Lisa showed me that one today. He has a legit album. I found oh, it on right. Spotify. It's called Forty One. Go figure. Yeah, <laughs> uh. that's what that was my favorite right now. So we're still waiting on election results, and just to say, it's I I love this election already because finally Nevada people care about us. I, know. I mean Ohio and Florida. You've had like twelve elections, <laughs> right? Well, people cared about you guys. Now look at us, lowly Nevada. We matter. Mm-hmm. And you know it's funny too because if Biden does win. And Trump took Ohio. It's like the first time Ohio wasn't on the winning side in like 50 years or something or more than that. Wow. So it's just it's just one of those funny facts that it's always on it. So either it's because it's the swing state that just helps set the winner or it's something like the 84 election win when Reagan took 59 states or 49 states. 59 states. <laughs> he was that good. <laughs> Reagan killed Walter Mondale so bad, he had nine states that weren't American. He had two from Australia, a province from Canada, and both both the uh, Baja California states. What is it? Cerna. <laughs> I was joking with uh, with Craig on, on something like that. I said, I said just wait till they announce... Um, a record-breaking 137% of registered voters have come in up for this election. Yeah, that's like a Chicago election right there. <laughs> vote, vote uh, what, what was that old thing? The um, uh, Vote early and vote often? 
Vote early, vote often. Yeah, I know. Somehow my grandparents and my parents are all voting in these. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, all gone. I've heard of those things when you have a lot of dead people voting. Yeah. But I am happy that there are a lot of voters out there. I know. It's pretty awesome. You know, and it's not, and at first when I hear about the record number of, of um, what was it, um, uh, early voting and mail-in ballots, and then you're like, dang, people really hate Trump. But then when you see on how much, you know, because, I mean, all the polls were saying like 10%, you know, a 10-point difference. Right. You know, and then now you see it's way close, you know, because even the the popular vote is still like, what, 2 million or something off or 3 million off? 4 million even off, though. yeah. I'm looking at it right oh, is it getting, yeah. oh, it's getting much bigger then. Never mind then. But still, like, I think Biden has more votes than anybody in history. Right, but I mean, if, had more voters than anybody has Right. Time. So, but I mean, Trump might have more voters than anybody else in history, too, That's even true. as a loser. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, so it's not just that everybody hates Trump, but it's like everybody went out and voted. Yeah. Good job, America. Good job getting out there and voting. Even if some of you guys voted twice, you suckers. <laughs> suckers, they're the good ones. They're the good ones. <laughs> I voted 18 times. They pulled it off. <laughs> I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Like how Reagan got 59, 59 states. states. <laughs> but he couldn't get the District of Columbia. Nope. Boy, do they hate Republicans. <laughs> All right, what are we doing? Uh, remember, remember. The 5th of November. The gunpowder, treason, and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Just to let you know. Yes. I have done... None of the prep work I wanted to do. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you remember the film? Oh no, I remember okay. it. I mean, I saw it. I know. I saw it in the theater, and then I think around I don't know oh eight oh nine sometime when I was living um, by the fireside. Oh, living by a bar is awesome. I used to live by a bar that I could walk home from. <laughs> And I didn't have a wife or kids, and it was great. And then it's like, oh, I'm hungry. Well, I don't want to make food. Eh, let's just go to the bar and order food. Because if you don't have a wife or kid, you have extra money. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was on, uh, what's it called? Um, it was on, like, HBO back and then, and my sister and I lived together, and we, uh, and she would get, she had HBO, and then it was like, Oh, yeah. And then so I swear anytime it was on, I sat and watched it like till the end or, or I watched at least a good 25 minutes of it. So, yeah, there was a period of my life where I would watch that movie every 5th of November for funsies. Like, not, oh, see, that's cool. Yeah, not, not that I didn't think it was a great film, but I really enjoyed it. Like, um, it's one of those, it, it became one of those, um, for people who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about V for Vendetta, um, released 2006. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Like February or something. Yeah, so it's a uh, um, uh, it, it based off of a DC graphic novel. Was it a graphic novel? Well, technically. Eh. Welcome to Neil's Comic Corner. In this issue, David tries to understand trade paperback, miniseries, and graphic novels. And now here's your host. Neil Whitney. Um, the thing with it is, uh, it was released as a miniseries in in issue form, 
And then it was then later bounded up as a trade paperback. Okay. And so technically, it's there's a splitting of hairs with those things too, because uh, a graphic novel is usually something that it's one complete story put into a book and sent out, like a, the Killing Joke. Well, that's more of a prestige format comic, but it, you know something like that, or or they would say something like Three Hundred. Like okay. the movie 300, that right. was a graphic novel. And it had a beginning and an ending, and it all came out in like one big paperback. But the problem, but the thing too is you have stuff like V for Vendetta and Watchmen and stuff like that. Both, um, both, uh, um, Alan Moore, Alan Moore stories. Yeah. yeah. I almost said Grant Morrison. But, um, so they, um, they're produced like that. So you pretty much, I don't know. 98% of the people who like own these stories only have it in the trade paperback. Gotcha. So it is pretty much a graphic novel because the other thing too is it's one continuous story, or not one continuous story, one finite story. It's got a beginning, it's got to end. And even though it came out in issues and then now you can buy it all together, it's kind of more of a graphic novel. So I would give it the graphic novel thing because it's like a done story. We're opposed to, you know, like I got what's it called a shelf full of comic books here that are all trade paperbacks but they're mostly collections of this is batman 450 to 458 or something like that now it may be just one story but it's like an arc in a you know in the ever going batman story which is like a soap opera which is you know 80 years old so um so that'd be different but but then there's also the people that go like, this is based on a graphic novel, and that just means a comic book that we don't want to call comic books because graphic novel sounds better. Sounds cool. But I will give you, yeah. So, all right, well, that's enough nerding. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it, it's uh, V for Vendetta. And so it takes place on, um, the whole thing surrounds Guy Fox. We'll talk a little bit about Guy Fox, but... Uh, uh, I used to watch it every uh, November 5th. I actually live with my sister, too. I didn't realize that you lived with your sister. Oh. Um, but, yeah, me and my, my little sister, Marisa, we lived in uh, the Cool Valley house for a while. And uh, uh, we would watch that movie. That was one of the movies that we would watch all the time. Um, always the 5th of November as well. It's like, it, it was probably, oh, man, probably the early the early teens, maybe uh, maybe 2013, uh, no, it was probably earlier than that, maybe 2011. Actually, probably when I got married is whenever I stopped watching it every November 5th. So yeah, 2009. The, the nine. Yeah, no, I didn't realize, man, I've been, it's been a while. Since you were married over 10 years. Married a long time. <laughs> yeah, so it was probably 2009 whenever I stopped watching it every 5th of November. Probably because two years I didn't care for the movie that much. Uh, I know. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just one of those movies that just really stuck with me. Um, more for the themes in, in the movie than, than that yet. I really liked the character V. I, I thought he was a cool character, the schizophrenic guy with his um, flair for the dramatic and his, <laughs> his uh, I guess, kind of pretentious at times teaching moments and, and those kind of I liked him a lot. Anyway. Yeah. Well, do we want to talk about Guy Fox first? Sure, we can talk about Guy Fox. Okay. What do you know about Guy Fox? Do you know cool. stuff about Guy Fox? Well, I know some stuff about Guy Fox, but. And I knew more before, and like I said, I didn't prep very well, so. <laughs> that's okay. I'll cover what you didn't prep. I got a chance to well, that was, yeah, that's Yeah, that's why I was going to lean on you a little more. Sure. <laughs> um, where was I at? So, um, Guy Fox, what was this, uh, 1600s? 1605. 1605. I was yes. pretty darn close. 
Yeah. So sixteen oh five, you got Guy Fox who was a Catholic. Yeah. And there was something about the Protestant monarchy, or no, the Protestant, uh, um, the Parliament, right? Right. And he wanted to blow up Parliament. Yeah. Kind of a terrorist action. After the gunpowder plot, yeah. Right. And he was taking a a wagon full of gunpowder, and he was taking it in these old catacombs and stuff underneath Parliament, and the idea was he was going to blow it up from the bottom, but he got caught. In the act, with, with... He had 36 barrels of gunpowder and matches in his pocket. <laughs> the best part of this story, the best part of the story is whenever he gets caught down there, they're like, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? He says his name is John jo- Jorgensen or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, that's, or John Johnson. It was John Johnson. That's what his, the name he gave. This was his fake name. My name is John Johnson, and I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> like, that's fantastic. I'm trying to sneak out of this. This uh, uh, this story here, but um, oh, I mean, think about it. I mean, they didn't even put pictures on driver's licenses till like the '60s or something. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, back then you could just say, "I oh, yeah, am John Johnston." Oh, oh okay. all right, Mr. Johnston's in the in What's with all these barrels? <laughs> it's for cleaning, 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 <laughs> cleaning out these uh, tunnels. Yeah. Yeah, this so, looks like gunpowder. No, no, this is the light is for the darkness, the tunnel. <laughs> that sounds like a very British thing. <laughs> <laughs> you only adopted the light. I was born in it. Maybe <laughs> from the north of, of England. Yeah, I don't know. Was that the Manchester yeah, accent cut out of. or something? <laughs> Can't do my my Liverpool accent. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, Guy Fox was Catholic, yes. And so um, what had happened was obviously Elizabeth the first was Queen of England, and she was not very keen on the Catholics because you know nope. you know was, uh, she was the daughter of Henry the Eighth, who was definitely not king of uh, keen on the Catholics, right? And so she kind of kept that in, and then um, she died in sixteen oh three. And what's really interesting about King James, his his reign, this is the guy that could take over the, the gunpowder plot and all this stuff, is that he was King James the Sixth of Scotland, uh, but became King James the First of England because he was the only uh, or the nearest living relative of Queen Elizabeth whenever she died. So he yes, became the Virgin Queen. Yes. So he became the first um, Great Britain monarch that that ruled over the um, the three countries there. Yeah, Wales, Scotland, and and um, England. Oh, yeah, because also Queen Elizabeth's little brother, who's the Prince and the Popper guy, Ed, Edward, I think he was the king after Henry VIII died, and he died young. Right. And then Mary, her older sister, who was Catholic, that's Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. And mm-hmm. she was called Bloody Mary because she killed the sh- crap out of a bunch of people. Thanks. <laughs> all the Thanks. Pro- all the editing. All- since I'm going to yes, try to get all, this released tomorrow. Yeah, all the proddies. <laughs> and so she took all those out. And then, of course, then Mary, or I don't know, how did she, how did Mary go? Well, I, don't, she, I don't know. I think, I think there probably. was a, yeah, there was probably some kind of coup or something where Elizabeth took over. Right. My dad would have known. And Elizabeth took over 
and took out Mary or something, and then all her guys killed all of Mary's guys, right. and then the, all those dudes died. So, so first Ma Bloody Mary wipes the floor with everybody, and then Elizabeth wipes the floor with everybody, and then that Mary is not Queen Mary the ship, and that Mary is also not Mary Queen of Scots. Right. And Mary Queen of Scots Mary is James' mom, though. Oh, see, boom. There, there you go. go. And it's not Mary and Martha, no. or Mary, <laughs> or the or other Mary, Mary, the other Mary. <laughs> And Mary, Mary, Mama Mary. <laughs> or, or Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yes. <laughs> Mary Marvel. <laughs> yeah, um, but Mary, Queen of Scots, was James' mom. And so, okay, there you go. So, uh, so James becomes um, the first Stuart King of these three, you know, countries or whatever. And so, it, that was in 1603. And there was a big plea to get him to be more lenient on the Catholics and to lift some of like the uh, um, some of the oppression that they're under, you know, letting them worship openly. And that, but he didn't really do that. And he kind of actually, in the end, kind of made it more strict on Catholic. He actually banished the Jesuits from the country. Um, and <laughs> and so um, uh, Guy Fox became part of this plot. And the goal was to blow up Parliament on the open day. When the king would be there, a lot of the um, Anglican bishops, uh, a lot of the other um, royal people, the, the, the nearest heir to the throne, um, and the, the, they would kill him and supplant him with um, his daughter Elizabeth, who was nine at the time. So they, their idea was like, you know, she's nine, and, and she can be kind of a puppet queen, and we can um, you know, teach her the Catholic faith and, and you know, <laughs> help her be more lenient to Catholics and hopefully, you know, you know bring bring a Catholic monarch back onto the throne. And that was their goal. And so it was, <laughs> they wanted to stop oppression and did it in a terrible, terrible way. Which is basically what V for Vendetta is about. What do you remember from the film? What's the good stuff? Oh, well, <clears throat> oh boy. How far do we want to go with this? Okay, so um, it starts out on November 5th. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's it called? Uh, v, he uh, stops in a, uh, what was it? Well, we're we're living in a I don't want to say dystopian future. I told you. Okay, I guess it's it's a uh, what was it? It's very fascist run um, England and uh, what's it called? And America's just a mess. So they just they they talk about on how crappy it is, but you don't see anything. Right. And uh, and uh, um, Eve Evie is um, is um, Natalie Portman's character. And she stopped by after curfew, and she stopped by some dudes, some uh, police guys, and they're gonna mess with her. And then V stops it, and then he takes her uh, up to the roof to say, "Hey, look! It's oh, actually, it's the night of the fourth. Tell me, do you know what day it is, Evie? Um, November the fourth. Not anymore." It's hitting midnight of the 5th. So he's like, hey, check this out. You know, this is where you can hear my symphony. And you can, you don't hear the, you know, he he's um, orchestrating music in the in the sky. This is going to be a very long synopsis, like when you do the symphony. <laughs> no kidding. Well, my, well, one of my favorite parts of that, of that particular scene right there is like, so she's about to be attacked by these fingermen, right? That's, that's the, um, the, um, the patrol guy. Gestapo or whatever, whoever these guys are, right? And they're gonna, they're basically gonna rape her, and V stops them. Uh, it kills them all, like, there, and she's like, this guy gonna kill me? And she, he, he says that he's not gonna share who he is because he's wearing a mask, obviously, and so, um, and then, 
he says, do you like music? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you want to come and listen to some music? She's like, let's do it. <laughs> Rather than like, can I go home now? <laughs> well, yeah, no. You say, yes, whatever. Just don't kill me. <laughs> Just don't kill me. <laughs> yeah. So what he does is he blows up the Bailey at the courthouse, I think, mm-hmm. in, um, in England. And then, of course, what's funny is the news totally... Um, hides the fact that he blew it up so they don't report it as a terrorist action. They were saying, oh, it was supposed to be demolished anyway, and the fact that there was fireworks and stuff like that was the, the construction guys were just having a good time and uh-huh, yeah. just sending her out. You know, and it's all crazy propaganda for the state and all that stuff. And then and then you follow the next year with Edie, Evie, and, um, you know, and then V comes back, and then his whole plan, pretty much, is to, I guess, blow up Parliament and take down the fascist government, right. you know? so And it goes all the way to the next 5th of November, where they kind of take care of all that. And then you find out how they got to the position they're in, and well, we can go into more detail with that, and then on his plan to, you know, blow everything up. <clears throat> And that's what I like about this movie. I think what really attracted me to this movie was the, um, not the fact that, like, it was a great movie, like I said. It was, I mean, like, if I were it's to good. Rate, it's good. I'd give it a B plus, a solid B plus, maybe A minus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Film, right? it's, well, that's better than I thought you were going to say the way you were talking about it. No, no. Like, I think the film is great. I probably think it's better than, than most people think it is. But, uh, um, but what really attracted me to the film were the the scenes that are there. Is that you know you have this V guy whose whose name and I mean you get a little bit of his origin, but you don't really get who he is. Um, and you, you get why he becomes V, right. but you don't know who he is. You never know who he is at all, at all. And that's kind or of or what he was. And, and he takes this this whole year like this um, systematic step. Not not just to take down a fascist regime, but to empower a people. Uh, one of the great lines in the film is that... Um, people should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Um, I think the best, uh, the best monologue in the whole film is when he's at the news station. And he's on... Um, and he takes over the... the uh, what, what is it? The uh, security network? Or what, what is that called? The... Uh, the public broadcasting or whatever. Yeah, it's just, oh, like the emergency broadcasting. Emergency broadcasting, yeah. He takes over the emergency broadcasting thing and he, he gives out that message. Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words are for the means to meaning and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country, isn't there? And he goes to explain this as cruelty and injustice. Intolerance and depression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have sensors and systems of surveillance. What's great about it is, like, especially right now, like, the film is supposed to take place in the 2020s. Like, that's that's the setting for the film. And then uh, we're here in the 2020s. Hmm. <laughs> and, you know, there, there's a lot of fun parallels. I mean, there's even articles out there. I'll, I'll put one in the description of, like, fun parallels between the 2020, this particular year, and the film V for Vendetta. But uh, um, one of the big ones is like the, the government, the fascist government was able to take over um, because there was a pandemic. And they were able to, from the pandemic, there was a shortage of, of water and food. And so the government kind of swooped in 
to protect or, or you know everybody to in, save exactly but the pandemic came from where they made it yeah it was it was them they manufactured the pandemic in order to produce fear and to drive people into this um into the arms of uh this regime and um and and th- that great line though in the speech where he's just like you know um you once had the freedom to object to this thing and to think and speak as you saw fit. Uh, and we've lost that in 2020 as well. Like um, the cancel culture and all this other stuff, like where you're not allowed to say stuff. You're not allowed to have an opinion. Um, it, go ahead. I, yeah, I want to, yeah, sorry. No, I don't want to yeah, cut you off. I'm doing good with that. But it is kind of like, I know, it, it's kind of like these. Um, you know, the book might have been written about, like, the Margaret Thatcher kind of era and, you know, the very um, right-leaning stuff. And then the movie was made in 05, 06, you know, came out in 06, which is during, you know, the the Bush administration and stuff. So I remember I saw it with my friend Teddy, and when he did it, when, he, when I, I finished just watching I saw it as a movie. And then he's like, oh, man. You know all the Democrats are going to be like all on this and this and that and this is going to give them power against Bush and stuff. And I was like, whoa, yeah, I didn't see any of that. I must be like blind. Because <laughs> like I, I do put myself in movies. So like when people are like, oh, this is a message. And I'm like, oh, really? I thought it was a movie about rocks and dragons and stuff. But now I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, then when I look back at stuff, of course. But there's sometimes I'm like, what? <laughs> what, those Star Trek episodes were about racism? What? Frank <laughs> Corshin. But, um, no, but, um, you know, that's the thing. And maybe that's what they were talking about. And I know that, you know, you, you usually you try to, you know, I feel like they usually try to cast a, a right-leaning, uh, you know, um, what's it called? Not governments, but yeah, or whatever. Uh, administrations is in, into fascism and stuff, and I don't know how many Hitler comparisons we've had to Trump over the last four years, right. you know. But let me just tell you, I mean, it seems like the more fascist kind of things that they're talking about and all these things that they're pointing out are more from the, not even liberal, but like far left right. side. Right. You know, not like true liberal, but like extreme left where everything is to the nth degree and like you said we have the counterculture so in a sense it's the fact is it used to be or not counter cancel culture yeah where everything used to be like hey you know it used to be very you know like a liberal person would have been like hey you know let your freak flag fly you do your thing and you know you know maybe i don't like the way you do it but you know you do your thing i do my thing i guess but now it's very much like hey this guy said this thing and now we have to cancel them. So right. now we're going to, you know, make an angry tweet mob. And then you don't... And there's so many people out there who are very, like, like gunpowder. It's just like they're dormant. They don't do anything. But it, all of a sudden, once Twitter just says, like, hey, this guy's bad because he used the wrong pronoun, right. you know, and then... Then all of a sudden, boom, then that guy's bad, he should be fired, we hate you, and then NBC or whatever fires this person because all these people hate him. Right. I remember you began know? seeing we began seeing this um, with the universities. Do you remember that? Whenever like the universities there were particular speakers at universities that um, 
they had uh, that were that were there specifically to uh, to uh, offer an opposite an opposing position to something. Um, and people saw it as a threat to their ideologies, and the universities actually apologized for having those figures, and then kind of didn't allow people to come in and speak on these on these topics anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen um, right wing, or maybe not even right wing, but you have know, conservative speakers. You know, like there's a whole thing with Ben Shapiro trying to go to Cal State LA, right. and they didn't. You know. The faculty, and not even just the students, but the faculty and staff were very much against it. And it's like, but, you know, and then they still let him do it. But then they had to, like, I guess, like the young Republicans who try to, you know, group or whatever, who were on campus, tried to sponsor him or something. And then they tried to do a whole thing where... uh, um, you know, they had to hire extra security and stuff because they were against it. And then they pulled a fire alarm on it. Oh, my. You know? You know, this whole thing. And it's kind of funny because it's like whenever you watch like old movies where you're you're like super conservative, prudish, you know, ultra religious, you know, people used to be like, oh, you can't do that. And clutching the pearls and all that right. stuff. And, you know, and now it's kind of coming that way from the other side. So that's what's just tripping me out. The side that is like, hey, we need to open our brains to new ideas, yeah. man. Right. And now the idea is it's my idea or my way of doing it. And it beca- the problem with progressive is it keeps progressing into right. a bad way where it's like the goalpost has always moved. So, you know, just think of like the gay community where it used to be LGBT and then it's Q and then it's plus and it's R and T and V and X and Y and Z. Like, and then if you, what you may have said was very hip and like, oh, well, this is the proper nomenclature for this. And it's like, no, that was the proper nomenclature six months ago. Now it's right. this. And now you're a racist because you said that. Right. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and, What's the fact, and, and the fact that he says like now there are censors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity to and soliciting your submission. Like it's not okay for us to to talk about stuff that goes against the mainstream for whatever reason, you know. And like uh, they are censored out of out of um, out of universities or whatever. You think about like surveillance system coercing your conformity. Of, like what it made me think of was like my phone. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I'll talk about, like, hey, I need a, um, what was it? I was, uh, oh, somebody came in my office and just started talking about Henderson International, the, the other private school that's nearby ours. Um, and we, we just had a little conversation about it. And then all of a sudden, on my phone, like, as I scroll through the random ads that pop up, I kept getting these ads for Henderson International on my phone. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like... I feel like the the what was that the uh, that would be the ears right for uh, it'd be for vendetta like part of the head, um, mm. the ears they were listening to me you know, <laughs> yeah, and and it's true and then you know because I used to think it was crazy that I I search for something on the computer and that, and it's in a completely different thing it's not like searching on Facebook but you then all of a sudden on Facebook it says. Hey, (laughs) why don't you do this? Or sometimes they, you know, even um, other websites, um, you know, when they have their advertising, there's sometimes there's an advertising spot for something that you looked at that'll pop it in there. And what's funny is, you know, and it would just do that. Like I'd, I'd get it a lot for comiXology. 
the one thing where you, we read the comic books digitally where I bought a bunch. So if I'll go on that a bunch and then I go to these websites that kind of pull, you know, or if you like do, you know, when you read an article and they throw the, you know, an ad in there and it's like, oh, it's always for comicsology. Right. And I'm like, oh, wow, I must go to this site a lot. <laughs> then what was funny is I had to do a lot of stuff for work. And I used our, our work website, and bam, there it is on all these things, an ad for that. And I'm like, I know that we're not putting any ads out like that. <laughs> our company's not doing that. And I'm like, I'm surprised they're just pulling it from that. So, I mean, right. you know, but I guess it's just like saying, hey, you went to this website a lot. It's a business. So, boom. Right. Have you, um, have you watched the documentary The Social Dilemma? No. It's on Netflix. You need to watch it. So I um, probably will like it, huh? Oh, absolutely. So the social dilemma is talking about the um, uh, the cognitive engineering that's basically occurring uh, through uh, um, uh, through advertisements and stuff like that on our phones, on our social media devices. So the algorithms that are there are written in a way that it's the goal is to maximize screen time for the person looking at the stuff. Uh, to get as many advertisements in front of that person as possible. Right? So that's the goal. And so, um, and this is part of what causes like the vision in our society as well, because you'll, you'll see as this, as this goes along. Because like you start looking at something you know, on the internet and it's gonna do the next suggested video. And if you, if you look at that, then your phone has learned something about you. you like this type of video. So they're gonna keep kind of popping those type of things up on your phone. And so it's going to, um, uh, and if it's a, if it's a political thing, which right now you know political season or whatever, it's going to really quickly figure out your political preferences and start feeding you that political rhetoric because that's what you're watching, that's what you like. It keeps you looking at the, at your phone. So as you're seeing more advertisements, you're more likely to buy something that's on there. You know, because mm-hmm. that's the goal. Is it, it, it's no longer like um, how many uh, TV viewers were able to see this ad, like the Super Bowl ads or whatever. It's now how many seconds did somebody stay on that ad before swiping up? You know, that's that's it now. That's that's where we're at, and um, and that's that's all these op- that these that there's data that they're collecting on that, uh, and in order to get us to look at more stuff, and so they uh, perpetuate just through social media. We end up perpetuating and working along with it these um, these bubbles of self-referential videos, and uh, we put ourselves in this. Uh, a bias, our, we put ourselves in this confirmation bias of like, oh, all this stuff just makes sense according to what I believe, you know, because that's what I keep watching. And, uh-huh. and then it makes it, and then you hear this line, and I started hearing it constantly from people like, talking about the other side of whatever they believe, and say, how can they believe that? That doesn't make any sense. Those people are dumb, right? Because your phone doesn't feed you any of that, any of their information. It only feeds you with you. Like, if you were to type into a Google search bar, and this is the scary stuff, depending on what you searched and where you're at, like, you know how a Google search uh, finishes something? It finishes a sentence for you? Uh, It it will come up with different um, finishing words depending on where you are and what you've searched in the past. So that's like, because it's like, okay, you're more likely to click on it if it says this. You know, Mm. and so it's it's that kind of stuff. It's crazy. Mine always fills in with boobs. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. Uh, um, I don't know why. <laughs> That's for a different podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um... <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to throw you That's off. Okay, <laughs> just boobs, you know. 
and that's uh, everything I type in. It adds in boobs. <laughs> Where are Mary the Queen of, Mary Queen of Scots boobs? <laughs> These 2020 election boobs. <laughs> but the whole thing is that like uh, it, it's it's feeding this whole um, polarization uh, because you know especially right now with the political climate. You know, you're you're basically pulled in either conservative or liberal. They're in, in our country, they're not really giving us much much other options. I mean, they are, but they're not giving them any play, right? You know, you, you don't get to hear the libertarian voice, whether it's no. in the party or anything like that. Well, that was before social media, anyway. Yeah, that was because Ross Perot got a chance to do it, and they're like, no oh, more. Poor Ross Perot. Know, 1992. You know, he got like 20% of the nation's votes. Yeah, because he was at the presidential debate. Did you know that they, yeah. um, the um, what the commission for the presidential debate, uh, they changed the rules after that election? Did you know that? Like, oh, to make it harder. Make it harder because Ross Perot. Um, the reason why they gave him a seat is because he had seven percent of the popular in the popular opinion polls, and so um, they're like, oh, okay, we'll have we'll let you have a seat at the uh, debate, and we'll see how it goes. And then he did so well at the election, and <laughs> you know who runs the uh, commission on on the presidential debates? It's a joint venture between the Republican and the Democratic Party. Oh. <laughs> so they said, uh, well, that was the thing. Because of Ross Perot, he probably took away all the Bush votes. Yeah. That's how Clinton was able to vote, go so well. So so they ended up with uh, with saying, okay, from here out, you, you can um, they can be uh, at the presidential debate if they have 15% uh, oh, in the opinion polls. But here's, here's the kicker from five different reputable sources. So they have to be 15%, not just in one, uh, like the Gallup poll or whatever, but like in five different uh, uh, national polls. They have to make it 15%. That's insane. See, that's no fair. Because, like, I'm looking at it now, and they're showing, what's her name, Joe Jurgensen Dark, yes, or something? Yeah. And she's got, like, one, maybe 1.2%. Right. Or, or whatever. But four years ago, Gary Johnson had, like, more than 3%. Right. And, and you know what? He was close, too, because uh, for the presidential debate stuff, he uh, whenever that was coming up, I think he was, like, 11 or 13% in some of these polls that are out there. Um, so if it was pre-Perot rules... He would have been there. He would have been there. See, just a, just a spoiler alert, people. Neely uh, voted for Gary Johnson in 2016. <laughs> I told you you're a libertarian. Uh, yeah, you know what? I you're you're not the first person to say that. So, be, because I know, and then while well, we keep talking about V for Dana, for V for Vendetta, I'm gonna you know, and we're talking about today's climate. It really seems like the Democrats are the bad guys in it. All right, because that's the way I'm feeling right now with today's climate. But I, and I feel like most of my complaints are with the present democratic party and i feel bad like because i'm not like you know i'm not mr right wing no. you know <laughs> well you don't have to say it like that i'm sorry <laughs> you just alienated all of our conservative listeners who are well, like i'm sure all the that conservative, guys done all those conservative listeners already hate me so <laughs> probably hate me more <laughs> and then all the liberal listeners still hate me too exactly so, that's how you know you're a good catholic Oh, good. Oh, yeah, that's so true, too. Because oh, we should have done an election special on how you can't vote for anybody. Yeah. Joe Jorgensen. Joe Jorgensen. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, hey, do you want your social justice? Yeah, but you got to kill a bunch of babies. Boo. Oh, 
Little American flags. Yay! <laughs> Always back to the king and Kodos. All right. Uh, so, parallels from this movie. Okay. We'll, Pandemic. Well, Pan yes. Pandemic. Pandemic leading to the scared populace leading to takeover of the government leading to the government be basically uh, all the populace is, is suspicious of the government so they don't listen to anything that the government says but what they do listen to is the voice of England or the voice of London that was his name right the voice of London oh. yeah yeah that was um, and so that England shall prevail England shall prevail right and that's uh, um, that's the uh that, and, and what they would do is—he's like a Bill O'Reilly kind of guy. Yes, but they would use the media, the, and, and um, the government would use the media in order to manipulate the populace, and that was part of the job of the ears. And so, um, so in in the world of V for Vendetta, the head was ruled by uh, in the film anyway, Adam Sutler, right? That was the guy yeah. who was—that's uh, John Hurt. John Hurt, yeah. Who was also, by the way, he was in 1984, the film. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, he was. Yes, and so they brought and that's back. where we are now because we can't say things. <laughs> exactly. So, but but what the, the so canceled on this. I know we are. So so, but in in the film, um, the head is made up of the ears, which is the the listener surveillance, and they will drive around the vans, and they will listen to conversations of people around the place, and they'll take samples of things in order to decide um, what stories to put out in order and how to spin things in order to make the populace believe what the government is doing or that the government is good, that they need the government and stuff like that. And they'll use the media to promote these things, right? And then you had the um, the eyes, which was the surveillance system. They had the cameras everywhere. That's how they found eBay Hammond and all, all you know, all, wherever V was and they're trying to track all this stuff down. Mm. Um, and then uh, uh, you had the, the nose, which was um, Finch. He was the copper, the good guy, right? Uh, he was still... Good. Oh, yeah, yeah. And his job was investigation and all those things. And then um, uh, you had the mouth, which was the media. And then you had the finger, which was the... Uh, the fingerman? The fingerman, yes. That was Creedy's people. Those were Creedy. the... Yeah, those were the people that put the black bags over people's faces. And made those them disappear. Those people disappear. Mm-hmm. Dude, that guy was in another movie or something... You know, some, you know, BBC kind of film. And I was like, oh, that's him. It's Creedy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can only ever be Creedy because of you. Yeah. Know. He was exactly. good. Oh, yeah, he was. He's throwing knives. <laughs> we have guns. <laughs> you little knives. How do you think this is going to end with my hands around your neck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how he's like, uh, oh, what do they call Plant people, orthopotamus. Oh yeah, because he is a horticulturalist guy. Horticultural. There you go. He he like has a little greenhouse and he's like trimming up like flowers and stuff. But he's like this terrible person. He's like like the Hindler or whatever. Right. <laughs> and he's like sitting so there pruning, and you're like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, he likes plants, but not people. Yeah. So yeah, but. Uh, oh, keep going where you're going with. I don't remember what I was going. What was I oh, going? you were saying the heads and the oh, eyes and all. Yeah, and so that was that was the head. So they had all these pieces or whatever, and 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 you know, you, you look at the parallels. There. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I don't think that there is. Any. I'm a little bit. <laughs> I don't think that there's an actual conspiracy, but I do think I, I do believe in spiritual warfare and whether or not we have um, 
we have uh, actual people cognizant of conspiracy or not. I don't. I don't think we do. But we do have a, a unseen enemy conscious of conspiracy, conscious of learning free will, conscious of uh, trying to get us to um, be tempted to turn away from God. You know, that's that. I definitely believe. It. Um, and so we have this. We have now this parallel of like. You know, you think about the, the polls, right? You know, the, the pollers that they call you and they try to figure out how you're going to vote, right? Um, and that's also how, you know, the third-party people never get on the thing because nobody ever says Joe Jordanson or, or oh, Libertarian. It's even, and it's even worse, too, because I remember I was taking polls, like, in 2016. I was very much, because I hated Trump and I hated Hillary, and it was like, these were the only two people that I said if they made it, like, were the people I didn't want, you know, when you're like, yeah, I can deal with Bernie and Ted Cruz, or right. I kind of liked Marco Rubio, you know? Right. But it's like, everybody was like, ah, it's not that bad. But then it was like, as long as it's not Hillary, it's not as long as it's not Trump. That's you know, where it was legit came in Kodos. Like, there was no win. That's, that's <laughs> right. And I sat there and I said, I am all for third party. And I think we should get our voices out there. And I think we should get rid of the two-party system. And I hate the fact that if you agree with one little thing, you have to agree with all right. the things. The and the you, you have to be 100% on board or else you're, in, you know, you know, a tr- traitor to the party and stuff and it's like holy moly and so i was very much that's why i voted for gary johnson i was very big on like the third party thing now i'm like just giving up on joe jerkson i'm like i don't even know who she is or at least like gary johnson did interviews and stuff but it was just like i was all about that and i was like and when like the phone rang and it was like hey it was like we're doing a poll for the presidential election please dial you know hit one if you're in favor of uh, Hillary Clinton. You're like, okay. Please hit two if you're in favor for Donald Trump. And I'm like, okay. You need to make a selection. <laughs> I'm like, well, three. Three. That's terrible. I'm, and I'm like, I don't get my ver Like, there's no other. There's no whatever. And it's like, I want to tell you that I like Gary Johnson. What the heck? That's awful. And it's like, you know, but it's funny, too, because what was it? There was like... 10,000 people last year or four years ago who voted for none of these candidates. Right. So, I mean, they didn't even just vote for, like, they're just saying, I don't like these guys. I mean, that's a lot of people in Nevada. That was in Nevada, not the, the right. United States. Nevada wrote, did none of these candidates, like 10,000 people. I mean, golly. Yeah. You know, there was 10,000 of those plus the, what's it called, the 3% who voted for. There was, like, what was it? I don't know. Three, yeah, three hundred something. No, not three hundred thousand, but three percent of the Nevada vote that went to Gary Johnson alone. You know, plus all the none of the above. Right. Yeah. That's a uh, that's part of the issue. But uh, like they'll use those those uh, polls and the and the social social media stuffs and whatever's trending in order to uh, build their platform. So the platform can change in order to make it sure that uh, the people that are hearing them hear things that they like to hear. You know, so it's like it's it's that whole manipulation. It's it's not cognizant. It's just all it's all about winning, and not about actually you know because the here what I see in our political system, and this is why I hate politics right now, is the ends justify the means. It's like every politician, it doesn't matter how you win. The thought is like if I just win, I know I can do some good in, in, in as a president or whatever. Right? That's basically everybody's idea. If I can just win, then I'll do good. So I'm gonna 
say whatever, do whatever in order to win, because uh, then I can do some good for the country. Right? So, A, it's good that, that both candidates want to do good for the country. But what's not good is is trying to use whatever means necessary in order to get there. Because that's not okay. Like, we can't just manipulate people. We can't just, we, we can't, we gotta just say who we are, what we think, and stuff like that. And let people choose. We don't have to have this, you know, one party rules all the things every four years or whatever. That's, that's stupid. Mm, yeah, because I don't like the one party does this or that. Like, I remember when Trump first took office and they were trying to do the whole uh, health care thing mm-hmm. to kind of replace Obamacare. And it was like, here's the um, the the Republican idea of it, and then we're going to have a Democratic idea of it, and this and that. And they were totally opposite and stuff. And I'm like... Can't you just say, hey, you five Republican senators and you five Democratic senators get together and come up with it instead of having the five do one project and the other five do the other? Maybe do three and three. That's probably better. But, you know, <laughs> but do it together. Sit there and say, hey, you know, you know, I like I like peanut butter. I like chocolate. Wow, let's put those together. I don't know. It's just It just seems like they should work together and try to do give and take and i'd rather have a bipartisan plan because it could help with your constituents and your whatever and you know all your guys who are sneaking your money i don't know but oh yeah but when you want to talk about conspiracy theories i'm ready <laughs> which is conspiracy theory yeah. all right here's the deal this is my way of looking at it and now when you were talking about the movie and i was like oh wow this is some of the stuff i've been thinking about like i don't know and i don't want to sound like some weird right winger because i'm again uh, figuring <laughs> these things out you know it's not uh, right winger like that it's not crazy yes <laughs> so here's the thing this you know all starting you know first of all you already know the media already hates trump anyway right you know and and the media already skews a little left as is mm-hmm. but they really skew left with him and then I can't really blame him because like what was it Megan Kelly was on Fox News and he gave her a ration of crap right. all the time and she's on the channel that's supposed to love him right. you know <laughs> so it's like <laughs> Megan Kelly crap <laughs> bad hair <laughs> but so you already got that kind of stuff so they're already you know you know it's I think Trump does enough stupid things on his own yeah. I don't know why the news has to kind of take some of his stuff and puts it out of, you know, out of context to make him sound bad. Where I'm like, just give him a microphone. He sounds terrible. (laughs) You know, that's, you know, I think the worst thing of handling the COVID problem with him is talking about it. Right. Don't let him talk. Not doing actual things, not like his policies or anything. It's him talking about it made it even worse. Because he's like, oh, yeah, four people are going to get it. No big deal. You know, or whatever. It's like, oh, my goodness. And then he makes nobody feel confident about anything. But, all right, so that's enough of that. But back to my conspiracy. You take something like the 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 COVID pandemic and... And you see on how the news, and the news has its own agenda too, because if you're watching the news and scared, and I want to watch the news, I want to watch the news, you're watching the news, and that means the ratings go up, and that means they make more money. So there's that. So the news is, I feel like, most of the media has inflated all the COVID stuff. I've probably talked about this before in the podcast, or the fact that we've had to cut it out because we had a five-hour podcast that you turned into six minutes of highlights. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Which was pretty funny. It was. But, 
<laughs> it was really good, actually. But the fact, too, is they make it out. Because if you notice from day one, they just mentioned how many people died. And they'd be like, 50 people died today, or 100 people, or there's been 10,000 deaths. Now it's 200,000 deaths. Right. But they never told you how old people were. Right. You know, and they're like, this can happen to you. And then when you find out that it's like, holy crap, oh, majority of the people who've died, like 80% of the people who've died are over 55. And not saying, oh, it's okay, they're old, they should die. But the fact is, if you're under 55, or if you're in good health, you know, you shouldn't be scared crapless about this thing, which the news are making you feel that way. So they're kind of altering it that way. And, you know, and of course the government didn't do a good job of protecting our elderly, and that's what we should have done. But the other thing, too, is some of these people, and I know for a fact that I, jo I joke where it's like the guy gets hit by a bus, and you're like, I died to COVID. But, and, but um, it's, you know, a lot of these elderly people did die of COVID, but they've already had, you know, what's it called? Um, the lady I work with, her ex-mother-in-law had, like, lung cancer. And because of lockdown, she couldn't go to radiation treatments. And then guess what? She was stuck in a, a nursing home where the COVID runs rapid. Right, exactly. So she didn't have COVID going in. She got COVID in there. Now, funny thing is, I guess she didn't die of it because I think they tested her later and she was clear of COVID, but then she died of the cancer. So, <laughs> but the fact is, you know, you already got cancer and stuff and if you're already on like chemo and stuff and th that's the thing too because if someone's on chemo and everything you know you already have a weakened immune system so if you catch a cold you die so if you're going to catch something as strong as covid you're going to die right. you know what i mean so you're already in a weakened condition so i feel like the numbers feel inflated i'm not saying they're inflating they might inflate a little bit but they feel more inflated and feel so terrible because of there, if they just reported, hey, guess what? Yeah, 20,000 people died of this who are healthy or whatever, or not even healthy, but like, you know, of a certain age. And then we'd all be like, oh, that's not that bad. And then they couldn't scare you and they couldn't control you, so you can't watch it. Not, and I'm not trying to belittle this, this COVID stuff, you know that. And I know it's serious stuff, but I'm just saying is it's not gonna kill everybody. I mean, I know personally several people who've had it, and they're fine now, you know? And then I do know a person who did die of it, but it's very rare, and that's the other thing. And I wanna do a study, I wanna go check on how many people that are like 85 and over or something that die a year and then at the end of this year, I want to see how many died this year compared to those years, you know, because apparently like, you know, 55,000 people or something died who were over 85 of COVID. But if that's who would have probably died anyway this year, I don't know. Not trying to belittle all that. I'm sorry, grandma and grandpas, but that's the thing. So that's enough of that. But the thing is, so you I'm just waiting the people. for the, uh, you know, because it's flu season. It's regular flu season now. I'm just waiting oh, I know. for you to track the, the regular flu numbers and, and just rant on this podcast about how they're not different than previous years. <laughs> <laughs> that could be true. <laughs> and you know what's funny, too, is I heard, it was, what was it, too? It's like if you're younger, you're more likely to die of the flu that nobody cares about right. than you are of COVID. So if you're like 27 or something, the odds of you getting the flu 
are like and dying are like ten times or you know well I won't say ten that's just for me exaggerating but you know are greater than you dying of COVID and the fact is how many people are like hey here's a flu shot guess what with your insurance it's free ah screw yeah. it I don't need it <laughs> it makes me oh sick. no yeah. oh no it's COVID I gotta hide <laughs> you know actually twenty yeah. somethings don't hide from COVID. Wow, that's true. That's why they, you know, and when they say, oh, you know that there's 20s and 30s have the most cases? I'm like, yeah, because they're going out and getting sick or, you know, and catching it. But and guess what? The, How many of them are dying? Right. How many are in the hospital? Like, none. Right. They, they, they have the cases and they're positive, but they're just at home from work or whatever. Yeah, if that. No. <laughs> but, yeah. and how many of them are, are, get the test by, you know, just by chance and have no symptoms, you know? But, um, okay, so I, I'm, I'm ranting on that too much. But the fact is the media is bending that. And then you have all these shutdowns. And, you know, and the shutdowns were originally to flatten the curve and not overwhelm the hospitals. And guess what? In a couple of weeks, we flattened the curve and we never overwhelmed the hospitals. You know, and then what, as I say that, there's somebody who's out there who's like, well, I know a hospital that had people in the parking lot. Okay, that may be one. But, you know, they had those liber- they had those sh- hospital ships out in New York that they didn't even use practically. Right. Yeah. And, you know, people were making makeshift hospitals and parks and stuff that they didn't use and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, but then I notice who's who's shutting down everything and who's making the virus a bigger deal. All the Democratic governors and all the Democratic politicians and all the what's it called? The um, and then who's always on TV are all the actors and celebrities who always vote democrat and stuff like that and then everything stayed shut and i'm just like holy moly why are they keeping like why is california now like a gestapo where you're not allowed to leave your house you know and and did you hear some of the crazy uh rules that california has i don't know how legit this is i haven't checked on any of this stuff so it could be completely false but um i had somebody talk to me about california having legit rules about thanksgiving did you hear about Mm -hmm. this to, it's it's like you can't have more than three households. You have to eat outside. You if you have to go to the bathroom, you're allowed to, but you need to deeply clean after you're done. You have to wear your mask at all times, except for eating, but maybe for drinking. Um, um, singing is mm, prohibited, or if not strongly um, encouraged not to sing. You are allowed to bring musical instruments, but no wind instruments. Like, I mean, I don't know. Is that somebody? <laughs> is that somebody on the California board who's in charge of the save the music thing and say, hey, well, we got to talk about bands. You know, we got to talk about those guitar players and stuff. Yeah, you know how so, many people like to bring the recorders to their family parties? Yeah, but it's like <laughs> this guy's the flugelhorn player, and he's gonna be like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> but bagpipes <laughs> are know, big in Cali. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing. I mean, holy crap. And the whole thing, too. It was like, you know, and then, you know, you have, like, Garcetti there talking about, like, L.A. City. And then, I don't know, L.A. County kind of does whatever L.A. City does. So, and it's all like, hey, it's Halloween and you're not allowed to leave the house and we're going to cancel trick-or-treating and all that. And then you hear, like, how, like, the the Orange County Sheriff Department and that the, you can do a lot more in Orange County than LA County, and it's mostly because well they vote Republican. And the second thing is like once the <laughs> sheriff department says I'm not going to enforce that, then then the king lost all his army, right. you know. So it's like the crazy end of for vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're trying to bring it all back, but that, I'm still kind of working. It's on not going to come back. 
So the idea too is is I feel like more of the Democratic governors are the ones locking everything down. And with California, it's even worse than anywhere else. Because I mean, I understand some of these places. They're like, hey, now you can do this and now you can do that. But like California, it's like you still can't do that. And even when they do stuff, it's like, oh, you can get your haircut now, but you have to be outside. But it's 98 degrees outside. Yeah, well, too bad. <laughs> you have to do that. And every restaurant has to be outside. Everything was outside. And like, and I'm hearing about places like the Comedy Store and stuff where all the you know comedians in the 70s and 80s you know, got their starts and stuff. They were going to have this big thing in the, in the back of the back parking lot and they were setting it all outside with social distancing and all that stuff and it's like here's where we're going to spend all this money so we can actually have people over because we're a business and we need to make money and then California is like nope you can't do that and it's like why why and some of this stuff doesn't make sense and then the other parts are like that I don't understand is like they, they're not letting all these businesses make money and you know what businesses do with some of that money they pay taxes and i don't know where california is getting any money to run things if they're not getting any tax revenue and you already got big businesses like what's it called like toyota moved to to texas like a couple years ago how many jobs are there how much tax revenue did california lose on that you know all those kind of things and now they're doing this stuff that's just killing taxes and they're throwing money at stuff like the schools I mean, I know CCSD out here, they're just like, every kid gets a Chromebook. No big deal. Where's this money coming from? I don't know. But then, you know, so out there, it's got to be worse because they just love throwing money at stuff, especially at schools and stuff. Not trying to fix any problems, but just throw money at it. And and all this stuff. So it's like, I don't understand the point. The only thing I can think of is that it's like, see how terrible it is that Donald Trump has done this. And everybody's blaming every death on him. Right. You know, and yeah, he probably could have done a better job and maybe we wouldn't have this many, you know, this many deaths. But I mean, it's not like he created the the virus in the lab like in V for Vendetta. You or know, did because, he? Well, yeah, <laughs> that's why. Yeah, because he's that smart. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, now did China make it in a lab? I'm not saying they didn't, but, you know, I don't think they meant to get out. Because that was the, do you remember that scene in V for Vendetta where they were, um, uh, V as disguised as the guy, I can't remember, William, whatever, I can't Rucker or whatever, but he's disguised as that guy and um, he's telling the story. He, he says that uh, they manufactured this virus and the original plan was to test it on one of their enemies. And then they, it was, it would, it was Creedy who convinced them to test it on their own country. And they selected the three sites, the St. Mary's and Three Waters and whatever the third one was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's, that, that's really interesting. So what if we just didn't have a Creedy? What if we only had Oh, we tried to do it against China and then it went everywhere else? (laughs) Exactly. No, No, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. But, (laughs) no, but yeah, so back to the thing, you know. I just feel Bill like Gates, by the way, that's who did it. Bill Gates did it <laughs> with his little trackers in the in the vaccine. As we're wearing our phones that tell you that. I know. That's when, when you're like, boy, I love. I'm gonna ice be black cream. tonight by Bill Gates. <laughs> boy, I love ice cream. Huh, my phone just told me ad for briars and dryers. Hmm. But it's just you know, so it almost is at the point where I feel like it's 
trying to politically move the fact that making COVID sound terrible, blaming it all on Donald Trump, making people lose their jobs, blaming it all on Donald Trump. So now we can, you can vote him out of office and he's going to lose so badly because of the fact that you hate the fact that you've been closed down for for years because for for months and we're blaming it all on Donald Trump and I think that's the only thing I can think of and then guess who takes over then the Democratic Party takes over and blah 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 and now we got you and yeah here here comes because guess what I've already heard I was listening to an interview with Dr. Drew on it and stuff and he said they were talking about doing um a vaccine that's different than all the vaccines we kind of use anyway they're using like new technology or something and it should be ready you know early next year or something i don't know or late next this year or something he's like it's getting close it's getting good and i was like oh wow and you know i mean dr drew he's a real doctor and stuff and i know he's a tv guy but but i mean i he's, trust him more than he's a psychologist though or is he a medical doctor he's a real medical doctor oh, too. I know oh i know because because you're used to him talking about like sex and stuff right when he was on love line and then he you didn't like a celebrity that, Oh, yeah. Well, that's how I compared our show. Just to let you know, listeners, <laughs> there was a show called Love Line back in the 90s. Well, actually started in the 80s, but it was on the radio. And then there, then MTV did it in the 90s where they showed on live. And the idea was it is you had Dr. Drew, who was a real doctor, and there were a lot of kids and, you know, people like, well, kids, you know, young people who would call up and ask about sex questions and stuff, you know. And then he'd give medical things like that. And I think they did it for years. And then somewhere in the 90s, they had Adam Carolla come on. And the whole point of him is to make funny jokes and stuff on it. <laughs> and he was going to do that kind of stuff. And he had, like, real, you know, things to add in here and there that would work. But what was funny is, as I said, oh, that's probably what our podcast is going to be, is David's going to be like, here's theology. Here's the religion. Here's canon law, and I'll be like, yeah, and I'll tell some funny jokes. Like boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring the boobs. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say funny crap when David's like, you know who has a degree from Regis, right? And I'll be like, not me. <sighs> but, no, yeah, that's what he originally was talking about. But, you know, he was talking about that. So now all of a sudden, if this, um, you know, this... Um, um, vaccine comes under the Biden administration, then look who saved your butt. Right. Kind of like V for Vendetta yes. that all starts out. So it just feels party. like... They got it. Yeah, so I mean, it kind of feels... That's the way I've been feeling with that. And then it's just like little things too. Like, And because I'll listen to Corolla's show and stuff, he's got all this California things and, and on how he complains about this stuff. And then and you're hearing Barbara Ferrer or whoever who's in charge of the like L.A. County... Um, um, like um, disease control or whatever, like the CDC of them or whatever, and it's and she's pointing out that she's like, oh well, the schools are going to be closed for for several weeks, and you know we probably won't, you know, we'll, they'll be probably open when the election's done. And she doesn't say like after the election. She says when the election's done, kind of <laughs> as in once we win, we'll open the schools back up. Is uh-huh. like the term you're getting out of this, and it's like hmm. You know, that's not what she said, but that's what you're, you can kind of get out of if that's what she's saying, you know? And that's just like, oh, really? So it's like, oh, let's just open, you know? And it's the fact is, it's like, hey, I thought they did a reassessment every two weeks, but now you're going to say, oh, in five weeks when the election's coming up, then it's going to be okay. 
So it's like, I don't know. It's just things like that. Because so I've, I've literally been saying, well, don't worry. COVID's going to be gone after Biden wins, you know. Or if Trump, I guess if Trump wins, then it's like, well, pff, why are we going to suffer anymore? I mean, we can't hold people locked up for four years. But I think that was the whole point is let's just make people miserable and vote them out. That's the only thing I think of. But I don't understand why California does it because, you know, Trump can cure cancer and they'd still probably not vote for him, you know, because it's California. Sure, it's California. Yeah, I mean, it was like seven, seven million and two million votes on like, well, it's got to be more people than that. Well, whatever, something like that. <laughs> on how many people, you know, from California voted. I love Stephen Fry, and he was so good at that, too. He was great in there, yeah. And when he made that Iggy in Iggy the basket, basket. Yeah. and then he's like, yes, I'm B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I didn't understand, like, it, it, I guess, so I, I can see what they're trying to do. Like, all the protagonists in the film are B. You know, Evie is B, Finch is B, um, uh, Stephen Fry, I can't remember his name in the film, is B. They're all, they are all the in, in various ways, art various. He was Edmund Dantes. And he was my father. And my mother. My brother. My friend. He was you. And me. He was all of us. Um. So, but they really drove it hard for um, Diedrich. Diedrich's character, yeah, Diedrich, um, Stephen Fry's character, um, to be this uh, like he had a lot more parallels than anybody else when it came to like other than Evie. Evie obviously had the most parallels, but she was like the good version of the, and that's why she got to start the new world. Was that uh, you know she believed in his ideals but would not kill people. That was her whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I assume that when she let the uh, breaks loose on the thing. She believed that Parliament was empty. There, but I think at some point it was said to be I think it was anyway. Yeah, because it was at night and everything, and yeah. But yeah, I really like the end of that and everything. Yeah, good stuff. I don't know. So yeah, do you think my conspiracy theory is totally off, or I don't think I, you know I don't think there's cognitive conspiracy theory. I think people are using um, what they want well, yeah, to win. Not like they made the right. the. No, the, the, the COVID, yeah, like we're, we're already black bag in the morning. You're not going to see us anymore. <laughs> no, not yet. Not till we find out who's in charge. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go to Guantanamo Bay, which I, by the way, that was that was part of the the whole um, the whole torture stuff from V from Mandela was supposed to be like a parallel to Guantanamo Bay or whatever. Oh yeah, because it was during the uh, the um, God. What did they call that win? They were able to bug us and stuff. Wasn't there a name for? That with the yeah, National Patriot Security. Act. Yeah. Patriot Act, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's a name. <laughs> yeah. Because this is all Patriot Act era stuff where it's like, yeah, look how terrible we are from, you know, and torturing people. I mean, not that torturing people's good, and I know the church probably not a big fan of it, but. Think of that. That's how Guy Fox died. Torture. Yeah, he was tortured in order to give up the other uh, 12 members of the Gunpowder Plot, and then. Um, there's actually conflicting stories about how he died, but the general consensus um, is either he he was sentenced to be hanged and um, what is it? What do they call it? Uh, what they did to drawn and quartered. Yes, drawn and quartered. 
um, the William Wallace thing, right? Yep. Because they did that to all the Catholics. <laughs> um, yeah, but England was Catholic when William Wallace that's did it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was that long ago. Yeah. What is that, 1100 or something? Uh, was it 1100 or was it 12 or 13? Oh. I don't remember. I'm going to look that up because you know I will. Yeah, uh, you're probably right. Um, <laughs> what was it? Uh, yeah, so... Drawn and quartered. So he was either going to be... He was sentenced, definitely sent to be hanged and drawn and quartered. Uh, some records say that uh, he was able to throw himself from a balcony. Oh, late, late 13th century Scottish war. Okay, so 1200s. So, um, so I was technically closer. I said 12, 1300s. Oh, I thought you said twelve thirteen was the time. No. Well, if I said twelve yeah. thirteen, that'd be pretty darn close. He was in thirteenth century. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but so so he threw himself. So some records say that he threw himself out of the balcony and broke his. Others say like that a brave heart. Right. It, it, others say he was actually drawn and quartered, where they um, uh, where they'd say uh, you know they uh, emasculated him, they disemboweled him. And they cut it into four pieces and sent them across the country. And uh, little known fact, did you know that that's where actually the slang guys come from? Is from Guy Fox. Oh, like, hey, guy. Yeah, hey, guys. How's it going, guys? That's all comes from Guy Fox. Wow. But what had happened was, is that, um, what had happened was, um, obviously after after this whole thing, James I was like, ha, I survived this. That's great. You know, Let's celebrate this next year. And so the following year... Um, they began what's called as a Guy Fox Day or Bonfire Day. What they would do yep. is, is they had these um, effigies created of Guy Fox and put the masks on him. Burn him up. And they burn him. And those effigies were called gods. And so sometimes they would be of the Pope, sometimes they would be of Guy Fox or whoever just wasn't popular at the time, right? And then they would burn him on Guy Fox Day. And, uh, uh, and so then that kind of related now to people, uh, men of ill repute. And they started calling them guys, you know. Oh, like instead of like thugs. Yes, they were called the guys. They were men of ill repute. Um, and then after some time, it became all men because all of us are of some ill repute at some point or another, <laughs> or some level of ill repute, I guess. Uh, and then in the uh, early 20th century, it became it kind of lost its um, gender significance and became kind of everybody. Hey guys. Yep. Like dude, dude. You know this dude, dude. <laughs> I don't know, but I remember there was a comedian who said, you can use dude, and you put a little inflection in your voice, and you knew everything. Like, you'd be like, dude. That means you're scared. And like, dude, you're happy. And like, dude, you're bummed out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very true. It's a very versatile word. But, yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at Guy Fox. Yes. It says other names. John Johnson. Yes, there you go. But here's Guido. the one I like. Huh? Did you find Guido? What did you find? Yup. That's yep. the one I was going to say. <laughs> so Italian. Guido Fox. Yeah, he took the Italian name so the ladies would like him. <laughs> oh, I love it. Because Guido Fox. Let me just tell you. there was When I was in high school, my uncle called me Guido all of a sudden out of nowhere. And I'm like, Guido, <laughs> what the? And, and he's like, you're Italian, aren't you? Because I'm Italian on my mom's side and he's from my dad's side. And, and I'm like, well, yeah. And he says, well, Guido, give me the milk. <laughs> and I think he just forgot who I, my name or something. And just said, Guido, give me that. And then so I told that to my cousin Matt. And he's like, oh, that's great. Your name is Guido now. <laughs> and so, like, his friend, my cousin Matt's friend, Jason Kruger, like, will still call me Guido. That's awesome. <laughs> like, to this day. Like, 
But yeah, so I kind of was like, yeah, that's cool, Guido. That's my name. But yeah. Hi. And then, of course, then Jersey Shore comes out, and then it's like the most derogatory right. term. They, of course. They're like, look at all these gor- these gorilla Guidos. <laughs> Muscle head Guidos. Oh, I don't know. That's just where I'm at. And it does seem kind of funny with the parallels with that on like, right. this scary. is the way that. This is the this way. can take up. This is the way, which I still haven't watched yet. Neither have I. <laughs> oh no, but I'm still I'm still a year behind. Are you kidding me? I still haven't seen it. I know. Everybody always makes fun of me too, especially like my cousin Jason would be like, "What did you watch yesterday?" Mm, nothing. Well, first of all, I don't watch much TV anyway. Right. But I gotta. Watch. And and the other thing too is I wanna watch it, and it's hard with the kids because I can't watch anything I want to pay attention. To. So. I gotta do it after they go to bed, and then after they go to bed, Lisa wants to watch something with me. So we watch a bunch of below deck and crap. So is there anything else we want to say about poor Guy Fox? I don't know. The fact that they they make you know Guy Fox pinatas and light them on fire right. every year. But now his mask has been become synonymous with uh, protest movements, like the anonymous movement, or, or oftentimes people at protests will be wearing Guy Fox masks and stuff like that. Even though Guy Fox's protest was extraordinarily violent and um, not successful, it'll be another 80 years before the Catholics on the throne again. But, um, mm-hmm. And then it's bad, too, because I'm like, oh, poor Guy Fox, he was just trying to do the right thing, blowing up Parliament, where I'm all mad. Don't justify the means. We're all mad that the guy's freaking, you know, people bust the windows of a footlocker. I know. <laughs> the ends don't justify the means. And I think that's that's my big takeaway from that film. And that's what I liked about Evie, that she changed his perspective and that he had to turn it over to her at the end of the film. Like, he says that this isn't mine to complete. Um, I am part of the old world. I did whatever it took to win. You know, I, I, I killed people, I justified all these terrible things that I did in order to win. Evie, you are a part of the new world. You know, that whole where she is reborn as as V or whatever, you know, that whole after the fake torture sequence, that fake torture sequence, and, well, she was actually tortured, but, you know, where she Whoa, was, dude, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> but uh, uh, where she realizes that was V the whole time, we should have probably said at the beginning of this, since we cut the spoilers. <laughs> well, there's not tons. I mean, we put a few in there. Like, yeah. We didn't talk about like how greedy got John Hurt and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> but you know, it, even her like rebirth or whatever is opposite of these. Where these he came up out of uh, out of fire to become V. Evie comes up um, above the world uh, rather than from like beneath the world into the rain into the water. And so and, and, that's a and, cool scene too. It is a really cool scene. Yeah. It's like Shawshank. Right? And it's just, uh, she's free. She's reborn. And she's reborn into um, the new world. She sees things differently. Uh, but she treats people properly. And, um, and that's like, that's my big takeaway. And maybe that's why I liked the film so much. Because ultimately it's not V who's the good guy. Ultimately it's Evie. Ultimately she's the one who's the good guy. Um, that she's the one who is like, you know what, we're, we do need to start over. There are problems with this government. Um, but we can't do it V's way. We can't do it Cree's way. We can't do it Sutler's way. Um, the people have to take the lead, uh, and we've got to do it in a way that respects the dignity of all people. We can't just do anything we want to do to win. Um, and, you know, so she, she was able to create that relationship with V, where she both despised what he did, but loved who he was. Um, 
And so the idea lived on in her um, in a way that was actually redeeming. Uh, and I like that about it. All right, well, I hope you guys had a nice Halloween. I hope you enjoyed the election so far. Uh, <laughs> and the memes. Oh, God, the memes are so good. <laughs> you know what, though, too? Because I was looking also on how, like, Biden's getting closer in Georgia. And I'm like, he can't win Georgia. Because if he wins Georgia, it's over. And now we're not the star. <laughs> and then nobody will care about Nevada anymore. Nobody will care about us anymore. That's why we're draining. We're, we're delaying this election. Right. Because finally everybody's looking at us. Yes, Tell me I'm pretty. Us. Tell me I'm pretty, America. <laughs> Tell me I'm pretty and come here and book a room. Because we need better clientele. Because it's cheap rooms. You're getting all the, the hood people and right. locals and stuff. And you're getting everybody who's just hella cheap. And they're just they're getting the fights on the strip. We don't need that. We need rich people to lose money. There you go. That's what we need. Bring pay our taxes. Property. That's right. <laughs> I don't want to pay property tax. I see it coming in the future. I don't want to pay it. Yeah, I don't need to pay state tax either. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now we sound like Republicans. <laughs> I don't want to pay taxes, and I hey, want us to make money. Libertarian. Libertarians don't want to pay taxes either. <laughs> that's true. Libertarians don't like it. They don't even want to pay taxes for taxes. <laughs> like, like what do you have the sex for? Let's chuck this tax. What do you Police need? Schools? I don't need this. Crap. Maybe a fire department. Depends on where you're at. Yeah, most of those guys are volunteers anyway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need to pay taxes so I can so I can go. I pay my taxes. You got to do stuff for me. Okay. I'm a good guy. I pay taxes. I do this. Mm-hmm. My taxes school pay for the school. Yeah. Yeah, these schools should be running better. You cops better be doing better. These street sweepers ought to be sweeping better. I pay my taxes. Why is there a pothole here? Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> All right, so, you know, three days of an election, pretty enjoyable so far. Yeah. We'll see if we have a president tomorrow or not. I don't think so. I don't think we'll have one until next Wednesday. Oh, boy. Huzzah. This yeah. is like, what is this? This is like the 1800s and stuff where it's like everybody voted on election day and it took like four months before you figured it out. Right. Well, that's well, that's why the Electoral College wasn't allowed to vote until the second Monday of December or whatever. So all yeah, it all got to be in. Exactly. And then it was, what was it too? And then like back at like, I was looking at Andrew Jackson or something and his inauguration day was March 4th. And it's oh, like, geez. holy moly. <laughs> so... That's the 1830s for you, everybody. There you go. Yay. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, back to the 1830s. Have... They were tight. Yeah, they were tight. Yeah, shut, you better shut up about that, because everybody said, hey, we're bringing back the Roaring Twenties, because it's going to be cool. 2020 comes, and then we're bringing back polio. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, that was uh, not the cool part of the 20s that they were talking about. Yeah, that's what we got, though. That's not what we deserved, but that's what we needed. Yeah, it's like that, man. Just like for, this is not the disease I want, but it's the, the one we disease deserve. We deserve. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, everybody, I love you all. Um, thanks, Fold, for listening. Uh, if you've never seen V for Vendetta, well, too bad. You just must up most of it, but watch it anyway. It's a lot of fun. It's now fun. you probably won't. Now you probably won't like it because we said it. <laughs> yeah, no. Like and it. then. And if you're a liberal or, or a conservative, you can just sit there and say, yeah, those are the other guys. <laughs> yeah, we don't fit in anybody's mold. So both of you guys are welcome to hate us, but we ask that you love us also for the parts of us that, that are either liberal or conservative. <laughs> yes. 
So amen to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so look for us on Instagram because David posts stuff once in a while. Um, or Facebook. I posted a, a cocktail with Baby Yoda. So that's yes. actually the, the most looked at post of four looks at. Right, on our Facebook. Nobody goes on our Facebook and then you post something all of a sudden that everybody's on it. <laughs> yeah, so it's Baby Yoda. Everybody loves Baby Yoda. Everybody so, Baby Yoda. Yeah, I know. I almost was going to post this 32 ounce can and said I'm only going to drink one beer. I might still do that. <laughs> but I got to get something for perspective. So, um, you know, hit us up. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you hate. I don't know. Give us some. Rate us. Yeah. You know. Give us five stars. Give us tell five us, stars. Tell us we're pretty. Yeah. Well, <laughs> tell us we're handsome until we fall asleep. Yeah. Stroke me softly in the cheek. Yeah. That's how it's going to look. Okay, right, All right. Well, what Slide a Slide into our DMs. Slide into our DMs and rub our cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah.